The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Lex Talk More Action podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and should not be construed as advice, nor do they necessarily reflect the views of Community Action Council's governing bodies, leadership, or staff, or our funding partners. Community Action Council is a private, nonprofit, and nonpartisan organization. We do not support or endorse any political candidates. This the city's number one podcast of the topics, the guests, and all of the contrast. They ain't focused on the views and the traffic. What's the point of shining if no jewels for the masses? We gotta spread the news of our passion. Service is a verb, now that's community action. Yo, everybody, let's talk. Nothing talking ain't enough, so everybody, let's walk. We all want freedom, the eagle and the stars, but the only way to reach it, meet the people where they are. Unity's the only way to fend these atrocities. You and me together can eliminate poverty. Just a vessel of expression and make sure we stay on the message of progression. Yes, everybody, let's talk. Bring your ideas and together we walk. Protect our seeds from the poisonous root, and we gotta reach the source and the soul and the root. Yes, everybody, let's talk. We need community action. Together we walk. Together we work it to reduce violence. Speak through the airways. We refuse silence. Let's talk. You are listening to Let's Talk. More action. I am your co-host and our host, Sharon Price, is in the building. How are you doing today, Sharon? I'm great. How are you? I am, I'm excited today. I am doing a wonderful time. I'm just so excited. Well, you're excited, but what I want to know about today is what are you afraid of? Let's talk about fear. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's fear. But yeah, yeah, there's some things, you know, there's some things that could put some fear into you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what would that be? <laughs> what would it be, Cam? Uh, I can't believe we're starting the show off like this, but... We're jumping right I, into oh, okay. it. Okay, yeah. I have a fear of poop. How about that? Uh, you see, do. You, see, you weren't expecting that. I huh? wasn't expecting. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. But you have had a situation Ooh, with poop. Yes, yes, you know? yes. So, um... I went to the doctor and they, you know, I don't, I don't hit that fifty mark, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you got to do this now." I, before I turned fifty, I think it was forty-eight or forty-nine, whatever. They gave me the uh, what's it, Cologuard? I think it's what it's called. And yeah, so you know, I took it home. I, yeah, you know, from the past, I've heard people talk about this. I was like, okay, cool, I, I'll get it done. But then there was such instructions. I mean, it was like flipping a book and instructions and all this stuff. And I started reading, and then I began to get some anxiety. Like, what? It's you just, want me to do what yes, with the what? Yes. And I was like, I have never played with that. You know that that I see it. It goes down the toilet and it's gone. I don't. I've never ever ever decided to do anything with it. So to you know to do that, I was just like, oh. So then I started putting it off. It was probably two, three weeks. Put it off. And then I sent it in and they said it was too much. <laughs> what? That's because you didn't read the instructions. No, I read the instructions. And do what you and needed I, to do. I'm telling you. So, yeah, I have a fear of. You, know, you have a. Okay, you got a fear of poop. Yeah. But you also have a big discomfort <laughs> of going to have some of. Your uh, checks done, yeah, like a colonoscopy. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, so yeah, 
so so we 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 had a conversation and I was just sharing how I felt about it. And boy oh boy, Shan Price jumped into extra overload mode man she started looking up stats and started going down this long road and but before i knew it the whole office was in there <laughs> i was just giving you information to let oh you know God. that colon cancer yes. is one of the things that black men and women and other men and women die of out of embarrassment right and i don't want that to happen right. to you and what was your key thing people are dying because they're embar- uh, dying of embarrassment is yes, that what you said that's it and i was like lord have mercy and so then the office got full and people was like yeah you know we know somebody that uh would really be on you cam i was like who it was like yeah uh dr gilliam yeah he <laughs> I said, Dr. Gilliam was already on me. Dr. Gilliam used to be my doctor. And so from there, we We, had an idea for a podcast. And today we have Dr. J. Gilliam in the house with us. Yes, yes, Dr. Gilliam, how are you? Thanks for having me back. Welcome to the show, man. You are always welcome. Uh, Well, I appreciate you guys having me back on the show. So what do you think about... Cameron in this field. Well, Let's just jump right into it. Well, you know, out of all my patients, you know, that came up with explanations of why they're afraid of, you know, the, mm-hmm. the tests, you know, I don't like the bowel prep, I don't have the time. Fear of poop. Yeah. Cam, I, I have I, never hey, heard that one. So that I'm is something to, tell to you. consider there. It was very Given the fact that that type of test, the Cologuard test, is a lot less invasive yes. than the colonoscopy. Yes. Henceforth, that type of test has been promoted and uh, has been acquired as far as a now medical screening. Because what we're trying to do when it, we come to screening of either prostate cancer, breast cancer, diabetes, we try to make it as private as we can. And whatever excuses that you come up with, they're going to try to innovate it so that we can screen you. And so that came about that because one of the, one of the concerns of or one of the excuses a lot of people had with the traditional endoscopy or scoping was I'm afraid to go on anesthesia. I'm okay. afraid of the procedure itself or I've heard bad things about the bowel prep, you know, to clean out. Well, your, it's, your it's colon. something. So, it's yeah, something. I've, I've had two, two colonoscopies. So I've I know. had five. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, um, it's, so I commend yeah. you, Cam, on taking that step of doing the colagarp. Despite your fear of poop. Yeah. I'm going he was so disgusted. I, I'm going to do it. I haven't done it yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, you haven't done it yet. Transparency. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, Transparency. Get it. Get it's, her done. It's, it's there. All right. Going to get it done. Get it done, brother. Get it done. So what, when people come to your office, mm. um, what do they, and, and we want to mostly talk about men today. Yeah. Because, yeah, you know, yeah, most you guys are men and <laughs> we have a lot of, you know, um, dads and we want to make sure that our dads are here for us and they're healthy and well to lead their families, whatever that looks like. Right. Right. How do you talk people off the ledge when they are af- afraid of a procedure or, and not just afraid, but embarrassed? Right. Right. Well, one of the things I, I, I try to implement is, um, you know, if you don't do it for yourself, do it for the ones that, that are in your sphere. So, you know, if I have a, a, a a brother, a man that comes in and whether they're married or not, uh, have some type of either dependence on them, loved ones, family, uh, that fear of having that screening done, uh, 
you do, you do it for your kids. You do it for your wife. You do it for those who are dependent on you because uh, the small actions that you do now can allow you to have more blessings and more time and more everything that God has for you for the future with them now. And that's stewardship of your own health. So I try to promote that as far as, uh, especially with men, we, we take care of everything else. We take care of our household. We make sure our bills are paid. Uh, we make sure our, our, our kids are going to school. We do all this. We, you know, I can ask guys, uh, where's the receipt on your flat screen TV? Oh, I got that. Where's uh-huh. the oil? I got that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, you know, I got that new heater. I paid, you know, I paid about 1500 on that. I'm going to keep the receipt on that. Where's the receipt on your health, brother? Uh-huh. Mm. You surveyed everything else but yourself. What are you worth? And for a lack of a so, better word, wow. your passion for men's health, uh, that, that has surpassed, you know, for years. You know, it's really to be able to get somebody to come in and, and encourage men and, and speak directly to men. Uh, your name is at the top of the list. Why, why is that so important to you? Well, you know, I, I think one of the things as I reflect on, you know, my, my father passed of a heart attack suddenly at the age of 57. Spoke to him about three days before he passed. And, um, of course, that rocked my world. But one of the things that, that transcended down to me was um, I had high blood pressure. And so... I remember in residency, um, I got diagnosed with high blood pressure, and then I caught myself contemplating, you know, man, do I need to go on medication? I don't want to go on medications. But here I was taking care of people who had strokes, people who were on dialysis, people who, had, who were in the coronary care unit. Um, and so I had to, add, had to have a reality check with myself to say, okay, you know, I can't have this be in my outcome. You know, my, my father's legacy um, definitely stands for itself, but but that part of legacy, I, I have to do better. I have to do, if I'm going to preach it to other people, I have to walk it too. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things, you know, long story short, got on blood pressure medications. I exercise, watch what I eat. My blood pressure is controlled. Um, but one of the things that I, I try to get men to realize is, um, you know, that fear that you have, it's okay to have that fear because you just don't know. You're just not educated about what the test is or one ways that we can screen for it. Once we get that fear down and make you comfortable and, and let and let you know that everybody should be doing this. I'm just not picking on you, but it's just every man should be mm-hmm. doing it. And you're not alone. You know, you look at the statistics of how much cancers are diagnosed by the millions. Whatever it is that you're going through screening wise, it's just not you doing it. You you're amongst the village, so you're not by yourself. So Wow. And what about people that say, you know, I wasn't sick until I went to the doctor. Nothing was wrong with me. <laughs> Have you heard that? I, I, I do. And, and the, the, you know, when I do either have to do a prostate exam, or rectal exam, um, you know, sometimes I, you know, of course it's, it's not the most comfortable exam. Right. And so guys said, man, that, that wasn't so comfortable. I said, prostate cancer stage three, stage four is not too comfortable either. Mm. Right. Or, you know, I also, you know, I'll say, what's the most common symptom that you have of colon cancer? And I, you know, I talk this to men and even to my medical students and, and everybody thinks about the bowel and say uh, blood in the stool or abdominal pain, you're losing weight, you can't eat. I said, the most common symptom of colon cancer is no symptom at all. Wow. By the time you come to me complaining late. about abdominal pain, weight loss, vomiting, diarrhea, a lot of blood in the stool, 
it may be too late. You may be at a stage three, stage four. So I, I, I try to re-educate men on, on looking at it differently, that you don't have to be sick to go to the doctor. Your car was not sick when it got the oil change mm, because right. you like, you're there every 3,000, 5,000 miles to make sure that BMW is getting its maintenance. But when it comes to you, uh, I don't have no symptoms. I'll be all right. Brother, by the time you have symptoms, it may be, may be too late. Mm. So I try to make that correlation. It, 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 the things that we love most, material things, what does that say about yourself? You don't you don't love yourself that enough to, to invest in yourself. So, yeah. Wow. And when you're talking about investing in yourself, one of the things that immediately comes to my mind is mental wellness for men. And do men often, well, I think people in general are getting better about talking about mental wellness. Um, is that something that you promote with your patients as well? Most definitely. I, one of the key things, I would say one of the, the good things that ha that has come out of COVID-19 is we had to deal with ourselves. If you think about it, think about it. I mean, if you actually think about what COVID-19 did, it isolated you from touch, emotion, feelings, every, everything that you value that you could go out in public and do. I mean, there was a period of time where you, you went to work, you went to the gas station, you went to the grocery store, and you went home. There was no family gathered. There was no, so during that time, a lot of people had to deal with stuff. And the one thing I'm proud about uh, different mental health promotions I'm seeing in clinic, a lot of men are stepping up about their mental health. I mean, I, I've seen it in droves, you know, uh, men's, you know, I need to talk to somebody, you know, I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not myself and being open to it. When I make that referral or if I put a patient on antidepressants, they're actually being open to it. So some some good has come out of the pandemic. I think we have work to do, but some good has come out. Yeah, because that, that's one of the, the big things, because, you know, some I think that there sometimes we have issues with coping and then you have issues with mental wellness. Right. And we need to be able to know the difference between having a stressful moment and when our mental health is really being challenged. Right. right. And that's OK. It's OK. to it's ask okay. for help. It's OK. It's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. Mm. <laughs> wow, Cameron. Wow. Make a t-shirt out of that, bro. <laughs> that's good. You know what? Don't joke about it. Hey, Don't man, joke about I mean, it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, because we all have bad days. It's, uh, we have our ups and downs. We have our fears, those concerns. It's okay to feel that way because of humanity. But to stay that way in that state day after day where it's that's not OK. Well, and I tell people when I'm trying to encourage them to there are things that I just don't like to do. Going to the doctor is one of them. I've never had a doctor's appointment, dentist appointment, any appointment where I said, "Woo, I get to go to the doctor today. Right. You know, but it's something that I know that I need to do, you know, um, to take care of me. Right. You know, and Lord knows I don't ever cheer when it's mammogram time. Like, never, Cameron. You ever hear me say, woo? I know, that's right. My birth month is October. It's that time. Oh, my goodness. I can't even imagine. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to come back and talk more with Dr. Jay Gilliam.
Education Council's Low Income Home Energy Assistance Program opens on Monday, November 6, 2023. Appointments can be made online beginning October 30th. Please visit our website, comaction.org, and select Apply Here under Utility Assistance Scheduler to make your appointment. Households wishing to make their appointment by phone can dial 859-300-6960. Dial 859-300-6960. Community Action Council's Prep Academies have openings in their early Head Start program for children aged six weeks to three years old. Spaces are filling up, so now is the time to apply for the upcoming school year. Every child who enrolls receives a full scholarship for the entire school year. To get connected and ensure your young child gets a head start on their education, call Community Action Council at 859-233-4600. You can also find Community Action Council online at comaction.org. That's C-O-M-M action.org. We're back with Dr. Jay Gilliam. Yes. And we've got some questions. we got some questions for okay. brother. Well, see, I got some answers. Let's see, <laughs> see if I can answer them. You've oh, been talking goodness. a lot about no excuses. No excuses. Yeah. Man up. Man up. What <laughs> Man does that up. mean? when you? Well, you know, um, it, it's one of those things. It is not to attack masculinity or, or, or manhood, but it, it's one of those things where um, – you know, in the clinic situation, I try to make comfortable, you know, so, you know, we talking sports, talking whatever. You dap them up to, when they walk in the office from up, what I, hey, what's what I understand. Oh, yeah. You make it them just, comfortable. You know, you know, and then, but then the excuses come, say, I don't know, Dr. J, I don't know about doing all that. So we, we mean you don't know about doing that. Yeah, well, you know, I just, you know, I just am not comfortable. And, the, <clears throat> and I say that the, the latter aspect of it is not comfortable either. If you've known anybody who's gone through chronic illness, whether it's chemo, cancer, or anything, that's that's not comfortable either. But if it can be prevented, then then that's that's that weight in gold. And so, but I try to make men comfortable. It's just you know, you know, like I said, dap them up, talk, and just like up, that. Yeah. And, you know, and got real with men. You know, and it's about relationship. I can't I can't talk that with with everybody, but those that I that I have that relationship with both in the clinic and outside the clinic or obviously within the confines of the clinic, there's confidentiality, you know, out, out, out in the streets, you know, so I'm, I'm Jay, but you know, here I'm Dr. J. And so mm-hmm. I think that helps bring down that barrier too. So. What are some of the things, say you have a man that hasn't been taking care of himself, right? right. Looking out for him and, and his family. Cause right. it's a whole, you know, it's a package, right? right. So, and they come to you, right? How, 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 what do they need to ask? What do they need to say? Or do they just need to show up and you take it from there? Well, first of all, I, 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 one thing I always do, and I've never done this, um, I don't belittle them and I don't, where, where you been? You know, that, that, that type of, you know, man. Where you been at where for you the been last at for 20 last, years? You know, <laughs> I commend them for stepping up, okay, um, and encourage them what they're doing is the right thing. And so, um, I don't know what happened last yesterday. I don't know what happened last week, next last month. And I even say, before this visit is over, you won't even get these fifteen minutes 
back, but I commend you for what you're doing right now and let's move forward. And so by doing that, I can see where that particular person is on their health and then come up with goals uh, of what they uh, are trying to achieve and explain to them why we do a cholesterol test. What do those numbers mean? Why do you get the prostate screening? Why do you get the colonoscopy? The why is is the is the most important. Not just well, I'm here just you need to, to get it, just to get it, but just why are you doing it? So, well, a lot of men are afraid of that prostate screening. Right. They are, and a lot of men are afraid. Yeah, you know when, when you I go. When I say a lot of men, I mean my husband. <laughs> when you go shopping name. and you go to, let's say, you go to get your oil change. You know how they say, do you want to get the air filter? Do you want to get your windshield wipers done? Do you want to get the light changed? You know what I'm saying? And you're like, no, I just came for what I came for. Right. And a lot of times when we go to the doctor and they like, you know, I'm coming in for a visit. And the right. doc's like, well, we need to do this. We need to go over here. We need to do that. And we're like, no, man, you're just trying to get some extra money. Right. And, you know, so it's getting out of that mindset of, you know, just I, I think the priority of pre- placing your health as priority one as opposed to you meeting some goal of just saying, hey, I went. Because a lot of us, you know, to appease our wife or appease somebody, we'll, we'll say, I'm going to go. Right. But then, you know, the, the, the follow-up is, is, is what is, is crucial. Right, right. And, and, I, and I think the one thing is um, looking at it from the standpoint, because I always get this, you know, from men, well, you're going to die anyway. I said, yeah, that's, that's true. Going to the doctor is not going to, you're not going to prolong your life. You're not, you're, you're not, that's not, you're going there for the quality of life. And so what I mean by that, if I have five men in the room in their in their fifties, and I said, "Okay, I got five men. The only even demographic right now is their age. Okay, that's fine. Let's dig a little, a little bit deeper. Let's go into their past medical history. I have one man that's had two strokes. One man that's had a heart attack and stent. One man that probably had complications of colon cancer and maybe had to have a resection and now has an ostomy bag." One man that has kidney problems is on dialysis. And one man that has everything you mentioned, let's just say they said hypertension and cholesterol, but is doing fine. Five men in their age 50s, but they have different quality of life. The person on dialysis has to go to dialysis three times a week. The person who's had a heart attack and three stents can't exercise as much as they've been because either their exercise tolerance is not there, they have to follow up with, cardiology, maybe you have an intermittent episodes of, of chest pain. And so what I'm saying is you go into the doctor so that that dash between date of birth and date of death, that little dash, you know, you, you didn't determine when you come in this world, you're not determining when you're going out, but mm-hmm. that little dash is that quality of life. So you're investing in your quality of life because health is wealth. If you can't play with your kids because you got to go to dialysis three times a week, or you can't uh, do the things that you wanted to do because you st- stroked and you have to use a walker and it, you know, so what I'm saying is you get the most out of your life when you invest the most in your health. And that's, that's the wealth part. And that's why you come to the doctor. And when I illustrate that men see it as, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't want, I don't want that. I, yeah. You know, 
I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for my wife. And, I, and it's not to belittle the person that you're looking at that's going through those things. It's just everything I just mentioned, those five things, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, of treatment, you know, right. in, 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 in regards to preventing those things. And so all those things that you saw, those 50-year-old men, probably could have been prevented had they been proactive. So I try to illustrate in that pack. And that's that's just so important because and also I like to look at things as far as finances and financial, because if you take care of things earlier, it doesn't cost as much as when you wait until something blows up. Right. You know, and the cost just seems to be insurmountable. Right. Right. So how can we be preventative? Well, you know, what, what I what I've. I think we talked about this earlier because I always get sometimes men, well, I don't know what to look for. And I, and I hope there's, there's some, some men that are listening to this. You can Google the top 10 health concerns for black men. If you want to really get update on it, top 10 concerns for black men 2024, New Year's resolution, going into the new year. And in that, you will see different disease processes, different screening um, tests that they recommend they even even some websites have a pdf where you can download which your and 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 have a script of values you can put your cholesterol in your bmi your blood pressure you can you can actually record that and have a feedback on how you're doing okay and so now the telltale sign is will your doctor listen to you i've never been afraid of anybody's google search if your doctor is afraid of your Google Come search, on. you need to find a new doctor. <laughs> I welcome it because there may be some well, things. Well, some doctors, you know, and I'm going to tell you this, I'm guilty. I'll go to the doctor and say, well, I Googled this and. Okay. Bring it on. I mean, if you're, if your physician who's board certified, went through training and all this other stuff, is afraid of your Google search <laughs> or intimidated or just don't want to hear it, then they've already shut down and not, don't want to listen to you and already have a plan of action for you. But it, if you're open to that, because one, it tells me you're investing in your health. Two, it gives me an opportunity to redirect or re-educate on misinformation. Mm-hmm. So it's a win-win. I've never, I, I've never been afraid of somebody's Google search. And, and there have been sometimes the patient has educated me about a supplement or something. Oh, let me look that up. Let me, let me look, oh, you know what? You're right. It does interfere with this. So, you know, it's a win-win situation. Well, and it's that team and that relationship that the patient has with the doctor right. when you have a right fit for a doctor. Right, right. You know, I prefer to go to um, all of my doctors are female because I'm a female. That's, yeah, that's You know, right. and that's my comfort zone. And so I'm wondering if it's the same with men, that nope. they would prefer to go to somebody because, you know, no offense, but women, I feel like, you're going to understand me more because when I say I'm having these hot flashes and I'm burning up and then I'm freezing and dying all at the same time, she knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know, and, and I Cam think. Cam knows what I'm talking about. You know, I, I think, I think you know, having a doctor that sympathizes and empathizes with you is very important. But for men, especially for African-American men, that I've noticed that that's been a, a win uh, in my position is, there's a lot of stuff that we deal with that contribute to our health that are not discussed in other arenas or facets. In what the are those things? Such, you know, for instance, you know, I, I've had patients come in dealing with microaggressions, racism, 
and want to talk about that. And even I've even even recommend and say, hey, look, even on follow up, you got to you got to get a new job. You got to consider something now that that work environment is toxic for you. Look what it's doing to your blood pressure. Look what it's doing to your mental health. Look what it's doing all those things. Now, I'm not saying that they would not get that with other providers. I'm not saying that. But when you go to a provider that looks like you and that can understand what it is to be black in America and deal with those certain things, that's that's obviously a plus there, too, because those those things contribute to our health. And yes, you have to talk about that. And if you're in the medical community, you don't have to be an expert, but you have to be comfortable with the cultural differences and at least addressing those things because they do matter if you want to look at the holistic part of a patient. This is the first time I've ever heard a doctor say that. You know, um, one of the things that we work with, a lot of, um, the majority of our families come to us when they're in a situation, right? And that affects everything. It, you know, housing affects wellness. Everything affects everything. You know, it, 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 you know, the one, and I think is, you know, I trained in um, inner city Detroit, Wayne State University, uh, Children's Hospital, Michigan, one of the best residencies in the United States. I can say that med peace program. But one of the things that got my eye opening was um, it's one thing to um, prescribe something for the patient or have social issues in the plan, but you didn't think about them on the discharge. OK, Mrs. So-and-so is ready to go. Where is she going? I don't know where she, I thought you knew that. No, I, where she, she doesn't have a house. Right. Well, what does that mean for her congestive heart failure and everything we've done for her up to this point? Or if a pedi- pediatric patient came in and, um, you know, child came in for electrolyte issues or low sodium, well, why does this keep on happening? Well, finds out mom is diluting the formula. Why is she diluting the formula? Because she's trying to make it last. She's Why is she trying, trying to, to make it last? It. Because of her financial situation. Did anybody do a social work consult for her? No, I, it didn't occur to me. So in my training and then in my passion, I've learned to think outside the box for the patient to see, okay, my implementation or my plan means nothing if you're going back to the same environment or if I at least having to address that. Right. And, and at least bring that to the forefront because those are things that, affect the parameters that I'm looking at, the blood pressure, the cholesterol, the sugar, the stress. You know, why are you upset? Why, you know, you know, nobody, I don't say nobody thinks about that, but those are things that you have to delve in a little bit more. And if you're not the expert in it, I can at least refer you to somebody who can help. And that's the holistic approach to the patient. I love it. I love it. So tell me, where can people find you? Where, where's your office? Well, I'm, (laughs) I'm, I'm currently at, uh, Brandon Crossing at, uh, internal, um, uh, MedPeds, Internal Medicine P- Pediatrics at um, at uh, Baptist Health. Um, I'm currently not taking patients at this I time. I knew it. I was going to say because well Get because them, y'all. I doubt because we have we have two new providers and I'm <laughs> overloaded, so I'm 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 packed right now. So that may change in and the spring. It may change in the spring. That's beautiful so that it, you're it is, overloaded. It, that's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, but yeah, yeah. So, well, listen, if you guys 
you know, find take out. this information and, and, right. and, and implement it. Yeah, yeah. Implement it. Yeah. And so just one other quick thing. Yes. What would you do if you we have somebody listening? What would you say to them if they are thinking about if they were a black man thinking about going into medicine? What would you what, what would you tell them? Most definitely. We need you. We need advocates on that other side. You know, uh, the table is provided, but we need more people at the table. And so, um, yeah, definitely. So get over there at that table. Get to the table. Yes. All right, well, Dr. Take care J. Of it, man, I'm gonna do it. Yeah, we're take care of that, it. man. We're gonna get it. Take that poop of, done, man. bro. I know, right? <laughs> Please, let's go play with the poop. Play with the poop. <laughs> and I'm gonna harass him just so you yes. know until oh, he does. Goodness, P- yes, P- he poop will. emojis all over his desk <laughs> until he gets it done. <laughs> oh, it's been a pleasure having you on the show, Thanks man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thank we, you. Thank you got an open seat here, Doc. No, we, I appreciate we, you guys. We keep you coming. Thank you so much. You all have been listening to Let's Talk More Action.